Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. It's a flashing out. Good pressure by England's opening bowlers here. Harmison and Hoggard giving him out. Sawan goes for a double duck in the test match. Well, it's rolled back onto the stumps. Harmison picks up another wicket. Harmison, he's on fire. He's enthusiastic. He's been very accurate this morning. He's created pressure and he's given England so far the upper hand. He's gone straight up and caught. Could not debate it on this occasion, Ridley Jacobs. Gone. That's five wickets for Steve Harmison. Good bowling, this. It's a way to bowl to the tailenders. Yeah! Very easily caught. That's just got to get first slip. He's made that look uh, supremely easy. Yeah! That'll do it. Scothic takes the catch. Harmison becomes the most successful bowler ever at Sabina Park. 12 overs and three balls, eight maidens, no less. Seven wickets for 12. Grievous bodily Harmison. That's what it became. The famous day when Steve Harmison blew away the West Indies at that famous ground, Sabina Park, in Kingston, Jamaica. West Indies 311-47, England 339 and 20 for no wickets. Harmy did his damage in the second innings, 7 for 12. I mean, they are staggering figures and uh, it actually forced uh, a public apology from the West Indies team for their poor performance. Unprecedented, I think, in the history of West Indies cricket. It really was a humiliating day for West Indies. Of course, there was a sense of of revenge, I think, for England on the back of so many exasperating defeats from the great sides of the 70s and 80s and indeed uh, parts of the 90s too. Quite a story to tell, and Steve Harmison is with it to tell us now. Harmy, hello. Hello, Mark. Yes, (laughs) it was nice goosebumps listening to some of the commentary back. Yeah, well, that was, was that was the TV commentary. We covered it for TalkSport, actually. And the, the unusual thing about that tour was that uh, Tony Gregg 
work with us. Uh, we had Michael Atherton emerging as a, a young commentator, Chris Cowdery, Jack Bannister, I think Jeffrey Boycott uh, and Greggy and, and uh, yours truly were all covering it and all equally thrilled by your brilliant performance. There was a headline at the time about Harmison. Listen to this. His unpredictability could be frustrating, but perhaps the truth of his career and his personality was that he was somebody at his best out of the limelight. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I wasn't somebody who chased the limelight. I wasn't somebody who watched again. I was quite embarrassed coming off the off the field when players, you know, the teammates were telling me that to lead them off, and it was. I was. I still am quite happy being out of the spotlight, out of the way, if I can possibly help it. Um, but it was at a, at a time where I think England were just starting to evolve, and the characters that were in there as well. We. There was a lot of similar characters. Think, a, a e- explain that. E- explain it. Because Matthew Hoggard, Andrew Flintoff, Simon Jones were the other seamers. Yeah, and that was the first time, along with Ashley Giles, that all f- five of us played together. And obviously, that was built on 2005, or culminating in, in two, 2005. But we were all similar characters from working class areas, hard working, from sort of hard working upbringing, hard working parents. Um, so we we had this this bond that we were very very close, but we brought so much difference to to Michael and to to Duncan and what they were trying to build as a as a bowling unit and as a team unit. So from a from off the field we were we were very very similar, but on the field we had so many different qualities that yes. made us as good as we as good as we were. You mentioned Michael Vaughan and Duncan Fletcher there. Um, so you had this five-man attack that, as you say, went on not just to win um, against Australia in that famous summer of 2005, but also beat South Africa in South Africa um, the previous winter. Um, and you all offered something different. That would seem to me the beautiful thing about the attack. Matthew Hoggard outswing, uh, Andrew Flintoff raw pace and sideways movement mainly off, off the seams from late swing to uh, an explosive. Simon Jones fast and full and really could make the ball swing so late. Ashley Giles accurate. And then you with, with your alarming bounce and, and strange um, differentials. You know, there were days when you looked in perfect sync and pretty much unplayable, and days when your action looked as if it just couldn't work itself out. It, it, and that was a funny thing. What, was that simply just, just you and how you felt that day, or were there imperfections in your action that you found difficult to control? I think there was imperfections in the action which were difficult to control, but what made it, on some days, devastating for the opposition. I, I always joked and said, you know, if I've got no idea what's happening... Or, chances 22 yards away when it's 90 mile an hour and remember I remember a game in Perth where um, I won that Alex Schuler will not fondly remember but I remember losing my run up and it was just I got the yips couldn't run in but for some reason I was bowling 10 mile an hour quicker and Ricky Ponton and Damian Martin were at the other end and I remember walking back and I said to I think it was I said it to Ricky I says I've got no idea when I'm letting go of this and he just looked at me and he went and he just said it's it's not fun for us down at this end on the on the fast bouncy pitch because we've got no idea what's what length you're going to bowl when you're going to bowl it how fast it's going to come and i think that was the the unpredictability i had throughout my my whole career but i would say there was a few in, imperfections in the action from a repeatability point of view um which was i always believed it was the fun of the fair i always said from a mental point of view i was quite strong in a way that 
if I did bowl a one that wasn't very good, or I did bowl a spell that wasn't very good, I was quite, I was quite good at getting over it very, very quickly and being comfortable that the next spell is a new one. And if I get it right, I'm doing my job for the team. All right, let's remind everybody of the game. West Indies batted first. Um, Devon Smith made 108. I remember that innings very well. A lot of pull strokes that he nailed. Um, Brown Lara just 23. Sarwa and LBW to Matthew Hoggard no score. And the other runs came from Ryan Hines, left-hander. He made 84. 38 for Ridley Jacobs. And then 20 for uh, Tino Best towards the end. 311 for West Indies. You got um, Chris Gale. Uh, bowled him out, actually. And you got a second wicket. Tino Best, LBW, Steve Harmison. Um, so three for Hoggard, two for you, one for uh, Flintoff, two for Jones, two for Giles. Then England batted. There was 50, 50s for Mark Butcher and Nasser Hussein. Um, 46 for Flintoff, 20-odd each for Chris Reed and uh, Ashley Giles. And you made 13. Well, well, well played, Harmy. There were 60 <laughs> extras. 60. Yeah, that... I remember that there was we company you know, that extras was our top score. Yeah, and I remember in the first innings, the first innings, the pitch was just it just felt too bouncy. It really felt too bouncy. You were bowling half volleys, and Devin Smith was cutting them for four, and you was thinking I can't bowl any fuller than this. I really can't. And it wasn't until later on in the game when the ball didn't bounce so, as much and uh, we were more dangerous. Well, England made three three nine, so hardly had a lead on West Indies three hundred. And eleven. Do you remember how the pitch looked? Because I do. Yeah, it was a, there was a shine on it. Yes, wasn't right. It? Black and there shiny, was a, wasn't it? It was a shine. There was a proper. Not not seen a pitch out here for quite some time like that. There was, and I, and I think I do believe that by the time the West Indies had come to terms with what we were as a side and how good we were as a side, they were three 0 down. Right. I think, well, I think that's that true. Was the, yeah, I was going to come to the rest of the series in a second, but England did win it 3-0. Um, so not much in it. First innings in the first test in Jamaica. And West Indies come out with Chris Gale and Devon Smith. They're going fine. They get to 13. And uh, you strike to get Gale again. So let's just remind ourselves of that moment. Catch it! Early loss again. Once more, Gale goes cheaply. It's 13 for one. It's a flash and out. Good pressure by England's opening bowlers here. Harmison and Hoggard. So that's uh, the great Tony Cozier with David Lloyd there. And, and uh, the first strike, and particularly Gale, very important. Yeah, hugely important. We knew, you always know that Chris can get you off to a, a blistering start. And he's, it sets a message to the dressing room that if you, if you get Chris Gale early, then all of a sudden... You know, the, the, the next batsmen are coming in and Chris was a huge a huge larger than life character and if he got if he got you then you were always chasing the game trying to bring the game back so in that series we did well to get to get on top of on top of Chris Gale mm. but I think I can't I, I can't carry on without mentioning sort of night before when it was in the dark Nasser and Butch they got pelters off Edwards and Bess you know, T-Noble quickly Fidel Edwards bowled quickly and we had in that group we had three experienced players at 3-4-5 and boy did we need them in Jamaica and well we needed them on the whole trip but I think when you talk about how that side evolved it started from a concrete base with three older men in you know, senior figures in the middle of Hussein 
Butch, Butcher Hussein and Thorpe. And Butch, uh, Butch got banged on the arm a couple of times. I think he had to go off the hospital. Um, and at that we were teetering at the end of the. If you remember, it was dark. Umpires didn't take us off, and if we didn't have experienced characters in the team then, then it could have been a whole lot different. Okay, uh, I I did read about that pounding they took, and it, the, the report said it was like the good old days, as if this was uh, Holding and, and Garner and, and company. So I, I think you've summed up that very well. Um, Ramroy Sarwan was, was a good player and often a thorn in England's side right hand, a very organised, neat and tidy player. Um, he'd gone for a duck in the first innings. Here we go again. Giving him out. Sarwan goes for a double duck in the test match. What a start for England. A double duck. I haven't heard it called that before. It was a pair. Um, and obviously, a, a great wicket, that Sarwan. Yeah, it was a, it was a good a good player, great player, was Ramnamish Sarwan. And there was pressure put on Daryl Harper. Nice man, Daryl Harper. You, you've always felt as though he was going to give you one from a bowler's point of view. Um, and if you remember right, it's gone sort of angling in towards his pads. Looked as though it was a bit high, could have possibly have gone down, but it was also bat was close to to sort of ball and pad, and it looped up to Nasser Hussain at short leg. And I think the pressure of has he inside edged it? Well, it's been caught. Is it LBW? And I think Daryl just put his finger up and thought, well, it's got to be one of them, and off you go. <laughs> the days before DRS. DRS, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and now we go to Shiv Chanderpaul. Well, it's rolled back onto the stumps. Harmison picks up another wicket. West Indies in uh, dire straits now. They still trail by 13. They've lost three second innings wickets. Just feel it's extra bounce again. Hustle on to Shivner and Chanderpaul. The late, great Bob Willis with uh, Ian Bishop there. And Chanderpaul, uh, the ultimate limpet at the crease. Very hard to remove. Yeah, hugely hard to remove, and thankfully, a bit later on in his career, he came to play at Durham in a successful time, and he was a fast bowler's dream if you were on his team, because he knew if he got past 20, 30 balls, he was there for the afternoon, and he could he could block it, and he could hang around, and it was a, a huge wicket, an element of luck, defended it back onto his heel, and it rolled That's back right. on, yeah, through yeah. his legs and onto the stump, so... You know, we talk about great spells and great days out, and you do have to have an element of luck. Talked about the Daryl Harper with Sarwan going my way, and that one certainly did as well. Yeah, but before you got Ridley Jacobs, um, we ought to say that the, the the big wicket was claimed by Matthew Hoggard, who had Brian Lara caught it slipped by uh, Freddie. Um, Lara, I think, had a finger injury, as I remember. Is that right? Yeah. Had, had you yeah. hit him? I hit him in the first yeah. innings, and he came in at number five. He came in one less at number five, I think it was. Uh, and then I hit him on the same finger in Trinidad as well, just before lunch, to get him out. But he did. He batted at five, if I remember, in that series, uh, in that second innings yes. test match. Yes, he did. Okay. So um, the other one to have gone to Simon Jones was Ryan Hines, caught behind the wicket by Chris Reed, um, who seemed to be set in the job then. A wonderful. Gloveman, the Nottinghamshire captain, later in his life. And then you were back in action against Ridley Jacobs. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. It's gone straight up and caught. Could not evade it on this occasion, Ridley Jacobs. Just have a look at this. Tucking him up, no room. Getting big on him again. Straight off the hand, up in the air. Nasser Hussain. I'm going to have that one. In both of them there with Michael Holding. How did that wicket fall? Yeah, that was a brute, to be honest. That bounced. And he, he, to be fair to Ridley, throughout that test series, he was like a voodoo doll. We just kept hitting him in the, in the ribcage or on the backside. Remember, Ridley he was a big, strong man. Yeah. And he, um, he just kept getting hit in the backside or hitting the ribs. Me and Freddie peppered him. <laughs> um, and he just couldn't get out of the way of it. There was a one, there was a, one a, few, a year or two later, I remember... Had this conversation with Brad Hogg on his uh, on his on the YouTube stuff, and we uh, El, I got a, a he was been giving me some stick and uh, getting himself going at, at Lords, and it was a similar ball, just couldn't get out of the way of it, and it would hit him in the throat if it if it hadn't sort of get into the glove first, and it was when you get deliveries like that, it was a it's a great feeling as a fast bowler to see the ball just loop up in the air to short leg and. And just before this series, NASA did write in his, uh, in his newspaper column, he said it was the best seat in the house in Jamaica, and you wouldn't get an easier catch than that one. <laughs> OK, well, uh, Tino Best had made 20 in the first innings, which was, I know, very frustrating for you at the time. Andrew Flintoff uh, christ- christened him, mind the windows, Tino, uh, for, for a joke at Lords he had with him, but uh, you decided you just had enough of him, full stop. Here we go. Gotcha! Gone. That's five wickets for Steve Harmison. Good bowling, this. It's a way to bowl to the tail-enders. 
They don't like it in there. Well, good players don't. Tailenders hate it. In England, in a very healthy position, leading West Indies by just 13. It's 41 for seven. And from Tino Best to Adam Sanford. Very easily caught, that's just gothic at first slip, has made that look uh, supremely easy. No feet involved in this shot, but uh, a low catch comfortably taken. David Gower joining in the commentary. Now you're really on fire. I just remember it so well. You were so smooth. You were cruising in, and I bet you wish you could have bowled all day. I felt as though I could have bowled all day. In the, the heat of Jamaica, it was red hot, 12 and a half overs. I could have gone on for another six or seven but from getting Ridley Jacobs out every ball I felt as though this is going to be nicked it it's going to go straight to Chris Reed or it's going to go to, to first slip I didn't feel it at one point that I wasn't in control of everything I everything I was doing and when I did um, when I did get best and Adam Sanford, Sanford yeah out, Adam Sanford yeah I just I just felt as though that ball was the I bowled that ball continuously and it was like slow motion in your feelings and not many times as a bowler you get that feeling and what a feeling it was because you don't feel as you're using any energy. Okay. You just feel as though yeah. I'm, I'm so in, not, in, not only in total control but I'm going to get a wicket with every ball. And yeah. I remember Trez, Trez running up to me and saying I've never felt as though in a, in, in a test match where I feel every ball is coming to me. So mm. it was just in sync. Yeah, the wind beneath your wings. And so West Indies in absolute disarray. Uh, 43 for nine, and Harmison runs in to Fidel Edwards. That'll do it. Triscothic takes the catch. Harmison becomes the most successful bowler ever at Sabina Park. What a magnificent effort from him. 12 overs and three balls, eight maidens no less, seven wickets for 12. Yeah, what a performance. England won the test by 10 wickets and went 1-0 up. I remember the party at the hotel by the pool that night. All of the great and good from the ECB and from Sky had turned up as they were planning uh, a bit of a, a heist on the television deal and, and everybody just joined in the party. It was madness. Um, was that the best you ever bowled? Yeah, up there, I think... The next test match at Trinidad wasn't uh, wasn't too bad either. I felt I just carried it on at Trinidad, and I have to mention the party. We hadn't as a as a unit, a whole team had had worked so hard for three and a half weeks, four weeks. Um, not much alcohol consumed before the first test match, and I think during that party we probably drank more in the fo in the next twelve hours than we would have done in the three weeks, three and a half weeks previous. And I remember Mark Butcher sitting in sort of as the sun was coming back up underneath a palm tree just playing the guitar and and it was it was there was the magical memories and that and that sort of celebration afterwards i'll read you a few headlines the daily mirror the day sport was turned upside down super steve harmerson was walking on sunshine after his career best figures of seven for 12 fired england to a sensational 10-wicket triumph, and had it had grievous bodily Harmison himself gasping. Harmison said, I could not believe what was happening out there. I feel numb. The Sun, the 6-foot, 5-inch Durham Quickie, reduced the West Indies batsman to quivering wrecks with his pace, bounce and aggression, and Brian Lara's side were blown away for 47. The Windies batsman had neither the technical nous nor the stomach to survive against Harmy. That must just feel 
amazing when you knew so much about the history of West Indian fast bowling to be up there with headlines yourself. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was, it was unbelievable. And we didn't probably realise at the time, but we were on to something special. We went on from there and as a, as a group and as a unit, not just the bowling attack, but the whole, the whole team. I think we, we transformed. I think we, we transformed as a side from that, from that day in Jamaica when we've, I think the belief in us, like we said before, it culminated in 2005 and we had you know, players dropped off by the wayside and new ones come in. But I think it was the day that that, that first, test, first test in the West Indies was really the, the day that things started to happen for English cricket. Well, you went on to win the series 3-0. You bowled very well, I remember, in Trinidad in in the next match. I I, I must admit, I think you had a six-for haul, as I recall, in one innings. Am I right there? Yeah. Yes, here it is. Six for 61. You got in the first innings. You bowled them out for 208. You got off to a great start. I think they were 80 for for none or 80 for one. Chris Gale smashed it. Came out, like I mentioned before about Chris, and then... And then we got three wickets, literally right on the cusp of lunch. And I remember getting Brian out. But I think it was his second or third ball bouncer, and he, he gloved it, hit his dodgy finger straight in front of his nose, and it looped up to Ashley Giles at gully. And again, we, we walk off, and the, we think, right, the West, we've got the West Indies back where we want them again. So you were player of the match in consecutive test matches, Harmy. These were the days of your lives. Yep. Very much so. And six that? in the next match in Barbados. Six wickets in the next match. Two, three wicket hauls as well. The, but that was a that was a great game for one. What on the field coming off? Sorry, coming off the field with Graham Thorpe. I re, re, I think when I when I came off there, I was like, wow, I've just done something special, and we have just done something special. I mean, I mean Simon put eighty or ninety on with Graham Thorpe to get us. I think a two-run lead. And that, for me, was one of the best hundreds I had ever witnessed as a from a, from an English player. Thorpe, Thorpe, you mean, hundred and nineteen unbeaten, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. And you know, we, me and Simon didn't get many, uh, if any. But the way he marshaled us, the way he went about it, and you could, there was a. If, if I felt as though they had, you were in a zone with your eyes on in Jamaica. For me personally, I looked into Thorpe's eyes, and he didn't, he, he didn't know I was there in between overs really he was so determined to get that 100 and that, that's what I mean before it's just the, the whole cross of the group you know Simon got five for in Trinidad Freddie got his first five wicket haul in Barbados Hoggard's hat trick and and Thorpe's 100 was that's why we we won 3-0 fantastic um we we would be remiss not to talk about the fourth test um because West Indies batted first uh, in uh, in Antigua, at the old recreation ground you were playing then, uh, much more atmospheric ground than where they play now. And they declared 751 for five. <laughs> that was madness. <laughs> and you bowled, it was madness. You bowled 37 overs, Harmy, one for 92. <laughs> and Brian Lara yet again broke the world record and finished 400 not out. It was unbelievable. Well, the, the stories from that are, are endless, but I remember right at the very start, walking onto the field on morning of day one. Sir Ian Botham, or Lord Botham as he is now, pulled me over, Andy Roberts standing in the middle of the wicket. And he, well-bowled young man, and I was like, I'm ple- you know, pleased to meet you. Yeah, the, the history of, uh, just it was just another great I was in the company of. Um, and he said, but you'll not win 4-0. F- and I just burst out laughing. I says, what on earth makes you think that this batting unit can handle us? 
and we're not going to win 4-0. He says, because I'm the groundsman here and I prepared this pitch. My heart sank. Didn't bounce above shin high. Brian, I'm still convinced Brian was out early doors, I think in the second or third over, that he nicked it. But again, another piece of history which was, which was unbelievable. But Freddie, never forgive me for getting warned off in that game. I've done some unthinkable things to my best mate, Andrew Flintoff. What do you mean warned off? Well, I got a, I got a warning for running on a pitch on day one and I got a warning for running on a pitch on day two. And I forgot about day one and I obviously got done again on day three because that was our third new ball, our third day of bowling. And I think it was Alim Dar just said to me, I was Billy Bow and Alim Dar, I can't remember which umpire it was, he just said, yeah, off you go, you can't bowl anymore. To which, obviously, I had one for 92 at the time. And unfortunately, the big lad from Lancashire had one for 96 at the time. And when Vaughan asked him to take the next over, he got dispatched for four, gone for 100, and I was standing at mid-off wetting myself with laughter because obviously the pitch was flat and he had to continue bowling and he, he wasn't best pleased that I'd getting out of the, the gallon okay. the 100 okay I just want to read you one more headline if I may because I think it's a, the best of the lot for you anyway uh, in the Jamaica Observer Garfield Myers was the writer um, more down to earth than the mirror in the sun but I think almost more interesting as England closed in for the kill the post-mortems began. A popular knee-jerk assessment, as the shock set in, was that the West Indies had spinelessly capitulated, as they have done countless times in recent years. But that view completely ignores the quality of Steve Harmison. I really like, I really like that. I think that's a, a tremendous bit of um, reflection by a journalist on your performance. So, Harmy, this was, as you say, the start of something very special that in the end led to winning the Ashes with that same attack and winning in South Africa. Um, you were very well led by Michael Vaughan. Yeah, we were. He was an unbelievable leader. He had, he had us all sort of where, we want, where he wanted us. We were all in you know, tip-top form, fitness. Yeah, the, way we, the way we were as a, as a unit was, was no coincidence that you know, Michael's relaxed. Manor needed that. We needed that from going from the sort of the way Nasser Hussein had given us a, a, an excellent education, I think, in the game. And I think we had just sort of moved beyond that. And But Michael, you can't speak highly enough of how he was as a, as a person, but also as a, as a captain, because he could deal with Hoggard in a different way. He could deal with Harmison, deal with Harmison in a different way. He would deal with Jones. And then the same with Freddie. And he knew what qualities Ashley Giles had as a person and as a cricketer as well as himself in in ridiculous form off the back of a uh, an Ashes trip to Australia which gave him a huge amount of confidence in his own career so I think we all we all pressed the buttons at the right time we were all in the best form of our lives um, and we needed a leader who who could just maneuver us and yeah you are only as good as your bone attack as a captain he had a fine bowling attack, but he was also a, f a very, very good leader. He was a fine leader. Oh, Harvey, lovely to talk to you. As ever, modest and happy to hand much of the praise to others. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS. 
and uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review. And if you're already a subscriber, then tell your mates to do the same. And if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison, then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 